0: listening to an episode of The Rewind, a podcast series by the Hauenstein Center for Presidential Studies in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This particular episode features audio from our Wheelhouse Talk on October 27th, 2023. This event is one that we do every single year, and it's called the Peter C. Cook Leadership Academy Alumni Panel. It's where we bring back alum from our Cook Leadership Academy to talk to our students about life after college and what they're currently up to in their professional lives. This particular panel featured Justin Arnold, Deshaila Hodge, Allison Putt, and was moderated by Julian Sanders. If you want to learn more about the event, there is a link in our description. All right, let's rewind. This year, the Howenstein Center Programming is centered on the theme of empowered citizenship, an idea that is central to the work of each of our panelists. So you may see that that conversation and those ideas woven through our conversation today. Um, And I hope that you will leave today thinking more about your own role as a citizen, as someone who's empowered yourself and the role that you have in empowering those around you. So today you'll be hearing from Justin Arnold, Deshila Hodge, Alison Putt, and Julian Sanders, who will also be serving as our moderator. They'll start with a conversation among themselves and then we'll open it up to questions from you all. So please get those, you know, as they come up, keep them in mind. Um, so now please join me in welcoming our panelists to the stage.
1: All right, well, good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon. Good to see you all and glad to be sharing the stage with these great alumni here at GVSU and the CLA. Um, So we'll start with some introductions as Abby said. Uh, We'll just start with your name, the year you graduated from GVSU and the Cook Leadership Academy and talk about what you've been doing since you graduated and then share one thing you're passionate about. So we'll
2: start with you.
3: Hi, uh, my name is Allison Putt. Um, I am currently the manager for public policy and advocacy strategy at Detroit People's Platform. And um, I graduated from GVSU in 2015. I think that was my last year in the Leadership Academy as well. And one thing I am passionate about, and I know this is going to be a little controversial, but it's the, (laughs) I told them ahead of time it was going to be controversial, but I wasn't going to tell them, um, is the inclusion of the um, Oxford comma in sentences. And this is a hill that I am not prepared to die on, but I will push you down it on my way to the top. So.
4: Hard to follow that. Um, I'm Justin Arnold. Um, I graduated GVSU in 2012. I was a Cook Leadership Academy uh, fellow 2010, 2011. So it's been a little bit of time Um, Since then, I've gone on to go get two masters and a Ph.D. and I'm uh, a director of workforce development with the county government in Illinois. Um, A passion of mine is workforce development, helping people find jobs, build careers, and then transform local and regional economies.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm D'Shyla Hodge. I am an environmental justice specialist for the Environmental Protection Agency. And I graduated from GVSU in 2022. Um, I was a master's student in the public health program and I graduated from CLA in 2021. Um, So I'm happy to be here with you all. Oh, I forgot to say what I was passionate about. Um, Well, being an environmental justice specialist, I'm really passionate about social justice issues and working with underserved communities, specifically BIPOC API populations. And so those are the things that really strike my heart. Awesome.
1: And I am Julian Sanders, uh, graduated from GVSU and the CLA in the fall of 2021. Um, I since graduating, I've been working for uh, U.S. Senator Gary Peters. I started working in his Grand Rapids office uh, for about a year. And then I transitioned to Lansing, uh, where I just started my JD MBA program in Michigan State. Um, and one thing I'm passionate about, um, you know, one of the good opportunities that I have in my role with the senator's office is really being able to directly um, support and help constituents and stakeholders. Um, so being able to identify strategies um, and initiatives that can help them uh, improve the quality of their organization. Um, so now to kind of get into our dialogue, let's first start off with, you know, what encouraged you to apply to be a CLA fellow? Was there anything specific that you wanted to obtain uh, while pursuing uh, the CLA? So Deshailo we'll start
2: with you. Okay, Um, I actually applied. Interestingly enough, it's a, um, a faculty member that doesn't actually work for GVSU anymore, but when I was applying for my graduate program, um, and I was interviewing for a graduate assistantship. I was interviewing for the office of fellowships. And when I was in my interview, after it was over, they were like, you a- you actually should look into the Cook Leadership Academy and like see what all that is about. And so I did, and then I saw that, you know, they do the wheelhouse talks, like what we're doing and the leader labs and you get a mentor. And so that really interested me because I'm all about networking. I really love networking and meeting new people and having like a mentor to guide you. So that was Was really why I applied to be a part of the program.
4: Um, From like 20 to 28 years old, I was working in a a church and working in uh, across Michigan on uh, various issues. And I felt like I was a leader, and what I knew that I knew what leadership was. Um, And I decided to come back to school to get an undergrad and study uh, public and nonprofit administration. And I wanted to come into this program because I wanted to know if what my idea of leadership was could be uh, critiqued by what other people thought leadership was and so it was really fun for me to hear from people from other religions, other sectors, um, different uh, political parties. Um, I just was really interested in hearing different points of view and having conversations so I could better understand what leadership was in a broader context.
3: So uh, my story was a little um, happenstance. I had been working at a restaurant for a while, at Fine Dining Place. And Gleaves Whitney was the previous director for the Howenstein Center and the Cook Leadership Academy. And he came in uh, with, I think, someone who was speaking at one of these events. And they got to talking. And I was studying history at Aquinas at the time, which Um, If any of you know Gleaves, you know that history is his first passion. Um, And so we kind of nerded out, for lack of a better way of putting it, for quite a while. Um, And uh, he encouraged me to uh, look into the Leadership Academy. Um, I ended up doing my senior thesis at Aquinas with him and not doing the Leadership Academy. (laughs) And uh, a couple years later, when I decided to get a psychology degree from GVSU. Um, I applied for the Leadership Academy um, because uh, Gleaves and I had remained in contact, and um, he has been a, a wonderful resource and um, served as a mentor for me in the past as well. So, awesome,
1: awesome. Yeah, I would say uh, for me, being involved in the CLA, I, I was interested in it. You know, I transferred to GVSU in the fall of 2019, and. I immediately got involved. You know, I had the opportunity to be in an internship um, and then started working for the Office of the President. And I feel like I kind of exhausted all of the options and opportunities at GVSU until I came across a flyer. Um, that had a wheelhouse talk here and I was like, well, what is going on over there? So I wanted to just kind of go over there and and get an idea of, you know, the conversation and the dialogue. And it was just very inspirational. Um, It was very inspirational to see Individuals, alumni on stage, having a conversation about what life is like after uh, college and, you know, what it is to be and embody good leadership. Um, and so I just wanted to get involved. I applied, went through the process and the rest is history. Um, so during your time as a fellow, what experiences or engagements helped you um, or equipped you for life after graduation? Just
4: looking at me. OK, um, <laughs> so there's a situation and maybe you've picked up on it that uh, some you come from uh, a certain background and you stay in that background. And so today it's, kind of, it's like maybe it's our political party or maybe it's our industry if we're in finance or we're in healthcare. But the idea being that you kind of stay in your own little bubble and you don't get outside of it a whole lot. Um, that was what was happening with me at that time. And so coming to the Cook Leadership Academy and having a mentor was a really big part of my journey, where I could openly ask questions and say, outside of my bubble, (laughs) what's happening in uh, economics and in politics and in different industries and in different cities, and how do I participate in that? And this person was 65, 70, had retired, had had a, a big life and he was able to share his experiences and how he kind of moved in and out of different spheres and was still a leader Um, so that was a big uh, that was a really powerful relationship for me to have was to learn from him Um, another thing uh, that helped uh, with cla was i would always get emails we would all get emails about this event's coming up do you want to go to it this training's coming up do you want to go to it And I would always take advantage of it. I'd be the first one who would be responding to the email, send me, give me the ticket. And um, I went to so many things during that time that I'm still using today. For example, there was a Johnson Center for Philanthropy um, training on how to develop strong boards. In Illinois, where I'm the director of a workforce board, I'm teaching the other directors in the state, hey, this is what I learned 10 years ago, 12 years ago, from the Johnson Center for Philanthropy. Um, so it was just, uh, all the experiences, uh, all the doors that were open because of the Cook Leadership Academy is what really made an impact on me.
1: Anyone else? Want to...
3: uh, me next. Okay.
1: <laughs> Whichever one.
3: <laughs> I do well with directions. Um, I, actually that's not necessarily true. Um, <laughs> um, so for me, one of the, really cool things that I got to experience um, when I was in the Leadership Academy. So every year the programming looks a little different, which is really neat that, um, you know, you're not getting a static experience, right? And when I was in the Leadership Academy, there was an opportunity to do a small group intensive on leadership. And at that time, which, I you know, I mean, it was a while ago, um, <laughs> but I believe one of our, Themes for the year was looking at leading from behind. So, it really truly examining what it means to be a leader who is um, sort of a, for lack of a better phrase, coming to mind right away, servant leadership in a sense. And um, having that small group intensive to really sit down and examine and have some really, really difficult and really um, deeply personal conversations was really impactful. And, you know, if If I am not making decisions as a leader that reflect the needs, wants, desires of the people that I am leading, if I am not putting myself second to the people that I'm leading, am I an adequate leader? Am I truly leading in the full sense of the word? And that is something that I carry with me in my work. Um, uh, You may have noticed I am not exactly representative of the average population of Detroit. a lot of my work involves listening and making myself secondary to the community that I am working with and serving. Because at the end of the day, if my work is about making someone else's life more important, or, or helping them to thrive more is maybe a better way to put it, then that comes first and not me.
2: Tough act to follow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, I feel the same way as you. I really value my mentor that I gained from CLA. I actually still meet with my mentor every month. I met with her today. We got brunch. <laughs> I love my mentor. Um, and initially after getting my mentor, I was like, she's not in social science. My mentor, she's in investment. She works in finance. And so totally different realm than me. Um, but as I got to talk to her, I realized like leaders um you can gain leadership skills and really hone in on your skills even if someone isn't in the same field as you and so i really value her expertise because even though she's not you know in public health she's not working in a social science field she is a leader and so i would just ask her general questions it really like you said let me get out of my bubble and just ask general questions about life like how do you do this how do you navigate these things and being able to get it from someone that's in a totally different field than me really helped me to understand, like you don't have to apply certain things that you think you know, like, okay, this is the way it's supposed to go in public health. This is the way it's supposed to go in STEM. Whereas you can, you can grab from all people and, and use those skills in your life. So I, I really do value um, the mentor that I gained from this program.
1: Yeah, I have to definitely third that <laughs> uh, because, you know, being in CLA, and having an opportunity to connect with a mentor. For me, my mentor was actually someone who is in the same field, um, connected to city politics, um, city government. And it was just a really inspirational opportunity because not only was he in the same field as me, he looked like me. You know, He was a black man in city politics, in city government. And I was able to really listen to his experiences and watch and learn how he operated, how he you know, was able to get from point A to point B that was not only inspirational, it was motivational, it was encouraging um, because, you know, not it's not always um, it's not always certain that you'll see someone, you know, that looks like you in the same space at all times, at every step on where you're going on your journey. So for me, you know, the CLA really afforded me that great opportunity. Um, and so, you know, what advice you know, would you give to our CLA students who are here uh, or community members, you know, who are looking to be civically involved? And then a part two to that is, if they've experienced barriers, how would you encourage them to overcome those barriers? Um, Deshaila, we'll start with you.
4: Hmm,
2: that is a really loaded question. Um, I think you said for CLA, how to be civically involved. Mm-hmm. I think you're starting at the right spot. I think CLA is the place. I think college is really a perfect place whether you're in you're in during your undergraduate studies or doing graduate studies I think this is a great place to really figure out your passions and where they align in this space and so just like Julian was saying you know find someone that you like and get involved he said as soon as he got on campus you join this program join that program and that's really how you figure out okay this is This is my team. This is my space. And then you can learn what issues are going on around in your communities. So I would say take advantage of the Cook Leadership Academy and the like the groups that you have, the mentors that you gain and figure out what is going on in your community so that you can really be in touch with the community so you can figure out what well, what does it mean for me to be civically involved? What, what do I wanna do? Is it community engagement? Is it community outreach? Is it volunteering? Like what are those things? And I feel like this is a space where you can really start to develop your passion and figure out what that is. Um, and as far as I think you said the community?
1: Or just how you can overcome barriers. You how you can there. overcome
2: barriers. Mm-hmm. I think putting yourself out there and asking for help. <laughs> Asking for help is really a big one. And I know sometimes we feel like we got it. We can figure it out on our own or we just don't want to bother people. We're like, you know, I don't want to bother them with this. It might be small, but ask for help. Ask for help. If you see someone that's on the other side of something that you feel like a roadblock is in your way to get to, ask them how they got there. Like, how did you do this? How did you get here? What are you doing? really really just let allow people to undergird you and just help you out and don't feel ashamed that you have to ask questions don't feel ashamed that you you're not sure where how to navigate things because i feel like sometimes we we put barriers up for ourselves too we have imposter syndrome we're not sure we can make it to the other side and it's like there's someone over there ready to grab your hand if you just ask and so I think really just putting yourself out there, being confident in what you can do. You all have skills and abilities, and it might not be public speaking like us being up here, but there are so many things that active listening, like, like Allison was saying, just listening is a skill and knowing how to really listen to people is such a skill. And so I think understanding the abilities that you have and having confidence in those things and being able to go to somebody like, hey, This is what I have, but I'm ready to take it a step further and I feel like there's a roadblock in my way, but I see you're doing this thing and I wanna be able to do that too. That will take you so far, if you can really just humble yourself and say, hey, I need help, I'm I'm not sure how to do this and I promise you, you will get to the other side.
1: How about you?
3: Um, Sure, so to the first part, to civically, I'm gonna take that literally. How do we engage civically? Number one, everyone in this room has one very, very important job, Vote. If you haven't registered, you should do that at your next opportunity. You can go online. You can can register on secretaryofstateofmichigan.com. Register to vote. That is the most important thing you can do as an American citizen. Number two, it's astonishingly easy to interact with your local government. Um, Almost every single city, county board, local organization has a website that you can go on and they post their open meetings times. Um, By law, all local government entities have to have their meetings open to the public. Many of them have them virtually um, and they have to post the time and place. Go to a meeting, show up. They'd probably be really excited to see you. Um, Not a lot of people come to local boards and. You should go to a couple to get a feel for what's going on in the room. That's how you're going to start to understand things. Go and experience. See what people are really talking about um, and what is really happening in your in your city. Um, so I would highly encourage that. Um, I think a lot of people feel really lost. They feel like government is such a big thing. How can I possibly touch it as a person? Um, and just showing up to something like that, you'd be surprised at how impactful that can be when you're a person in front of another person doing a job. Um, in terms of the second part, overcoming barriers, um, honestly, I, I don't have much more to add to what Deshaila said. She put it great. Like, one of the reasons, so I'm also a mentor. Um, ooh, sorry, I hit the mic. Um, I'm also a mentor, and um, had the great pleasure of taking my mentee out for lunch this morning or earlier today. And um, for me, being able to be a mentor is such a meaningful thing. Um, and I guarantee you, people want to help. They do because we look at we look at people who have come after us and. Um, Believe it or not, I'm not as young as I used to be. Um, And I see uh, young people, I see some people close to my age too, and I think it's my duty to help other people and and maybe hopefully you guys can learn from my mistakes as well, so.
1: (laughs) Justin?
4: Good stuff. Um, Let's see, civically involved, overcome barriers. Civically involved, I try and tell folks uh, voting's good, but don't get caught up in it. Uh, That's my opinion meaning like if you put all your stock in having one president and then that president doesn't get elected And then like your next three years are just like horrible. That's like a problem. So the idea is um, Don't get so caught up in politics that it matters so much um, Because it just reminds me of what would happen in the church where we would just have these like big ideas that we were really into but they didn't really matter that much outside of our walls. It was like now nah, people are still going to work. They're still going to jobs they are still raising kids life is going on. Um, so uh, part of my experience at Grand Valley and the Cook Leadership Academy and the public nonprofit administration program was to go. Oh, this is bigger than voting. This is like people in houses with families in cities in regions in states in America as part of the world through generations and life's going to go on. So what do we actually do? like on our day-to-day lives and year in, year out, and with our children, oh, it's it's bigger than voting. It's uh, being in local government, uh, being in state government, finding a nonprofit, finding a cause, finding a neighborhood issue, uh, participating in something that is actionable where you can get A to B results. Like if I work on this for the next six months, this is going to happen. The practicality of civic engagement uh, becomes really important. if you want people to feel empowered, because otherwise you feel disempowered when the thing you wanted to have happened didn't happen. Um, the second part, overcoming barriers. Um, that's a good question. the uh, The biggest thing for me is uh, people most of the time don't feel like they're free, um, and I can that resonates with me a lot because from like 13 to 19, I was either in. Involved with social services in some way, or I was in foster care, or I was in, in jail and, and my life just never felt like I had any sort of agency and Then in my in my 20s tried to get agency through faith-based organizations But then I got quizzed on like how often I would hold my pastor's briefcase and <laughs> Like what how much I was tithing and if I couldn't pass the test then my agency was taken away I was like this is annoying um, so when I came to the Cook Leadership Academy and they're like, well, your agency is being in a human being. Like you have the human right <laughs> to be free and to do basically whatever you want in a free society. And I said, tell me more, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- there was this idea of uh, there's documents that are bigger that transcend uh, generations. Uh, there's ideas that are thousands of years old that we should really kind of attach ourselves to. And I thought that that was the way to overcome barriers, not to follow like a trend or a buzzword, but to go, oh, I'm a human being that is free. Um, and that's what I try in workforce development to communicate to people. You can do whatever you want, what do you want to do? And I'll help you make a plan. <laughs> and, and, and that's what we do every day is help someone who hasn't felt free because they've been in jail for 13 years or they've been in poverty for generations or they've been homeless or they're a single parent working three jobs every day. We have to tell someone, hey, you're free, you have agency. We can set goals. Let's work through a plan and let's get there. And so helping overcome people overcome barriers, help them to know that they're free and and we can figure this out together.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that's important, Um, you know, to answer the question, the two part question with one answer. And my time at GVSU, my first semester, I was part of the ROTC program. So I'd already contracted with the National Guard. And within the first probably three months, um, you know, not knowing much about it, there were people who were already involved. Um, you know, a young lady, we were sitting around in the, uh, as we did our morning workouts and she says, man, I really wish that I knew someone who could help me solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And we were talking and she was like, "You know, so many students who are Doing double the work, not receiving course credit for being here, and you know, I was like, well, you know, tell me a little bit more about it. You know, we started talking, and you know, I, in my time, I was working in the office of the president, and you know, we had the conversation. But because she said something, because she, you know, identified a problem, because she opened up her mouth and was like, hey, listen, I'm having a problem. I just got to ask a question. I need to say something to somebody about this. I'm at a roadblock, I'm experiencing a barrier, and I don't know how to get over it. And because she did that and we were able to collaborate, we were able to put our heads together and identify the right people to talk to, the right office to go to. And believe it or not, students are now getting course credit for their work. And that's all because we came together, we identified a problem, we asked for help, and there was a solution. So as the Shilas said, as the panelists said, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid if you identify a problem to go to somebody, because that person sitting right next to you may very well have the answer to your problem. Um, So with that, we want to pause and we want to open it up to uh, you all for questions.
3: Hello. Um, it's been great hearing from all of you so far. I have a question that's kind of more specific to Julian. So I'm thinking about pursuing a JD program after undergraduate. And I kind of want to ask a two part question. Do you feel like you've enjoyed your JD program so far? And do you feel like the Cook Leadership Academy has helped you succeed and enjoy it more?
1: Good question. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just talking about this before the uh, event started. I'm going to be very honest, um, law school is tough. I am making a sacrifice right now being here and not being in the library. Um, but because the CLA meant so much to me, you know, the sacrifice is certainly worth it. And so I just say to you, if you are pursuing a JD program, know that you wanna do it um, and commit to it and be dedicated at it because I'm only seven, eight weeks in and I'm like, I was just talking to my mom who's sitting in front of me. I'm like, mom, I don't know if I wanna shower, if I wanna eat, I don't know if I want to sleep or if I want to go to the library. It's it, those are the decisions that you really have to make. And, you know, it, it, it's nothing that can prepare you for law school. If, if you are, you know, if you have a faith, pray before you go. That's what I do. <laughs> and, 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 but I'm serious because I have to get up every morning and, you know, I have to pray. I have to say my affirmations because not only is it an educational journey, it's a mental journey and it's a physical journey. Um, So, you know, for time's sake, yes. Um, CLA definitely helped me a lot. It prepared me uh, with skills and knowledge and the ability to navigate with different personalities, have different conversations in the classroom. So I encourage you, if that's what you wanna do, be committed and dedicated at your
0: decision.
3: Can I jump in too? Sure. Um, I didn't say this, but I'm also, I'm a licensed attorney, Um, but I don't represent individuals um, because of what I do for work. Um, so I have finished law school, I took and passed the bar, um, it, it, I've done a lot of hard things. And aside from being a mom, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and, uh, I was recently told by someone that I am like the poster child for like the, the high excelling young child. And, um, I really had to sit down and grind and there's no other way to do it. Um, You cannot whiz kid your way through law school. Um, And, but I will say it gave me a skill set and a knowledge that I bring into my work that is specific to what I do that I don't think that I could be effective um, in my job unless I'd gone to law school. I'd also echo what Julian said about like, um, if you have a faith, if you have a hobby, um, get a therapist. If you don't have a therapist, get one, um, <laughs> um, and or you know, work on your relationship with your mom because you're going to need her. <laughs> um, that being said, it's worth it. And for me, one of the things that I really took out of the Cook Leadership Academy was um, this idea of really interrogating concepts, um, being introduced to that, and like what taking a complex idea and really being able to look at it and and examine it from multiple angles. And also having the confidence in yourself. Because right. the other thing about law school is everybody is a whiz kid in law school. You're not special anymore. <laughs> and that can be a huge ego blow. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's hard when everybody wants to be the best kid, and they're all, I shouldn't say kid, I'm sorry. Everyone wants to be the best. Um, uh, Potential attorney, a potential lawyer, and and you're all capable of doing it. So Sorry, I piggybacked on that. Um, thank you for being here and talking to us about your experiences. Um, what I wanted to ask is when you're in college, you're told a lot about networking, that you need to put yourself out there. you're given tips about how to network and everyone pushes you towards it, but I wanted to ask specifically how you guys have used networking throughout Mm -hmm. your uh, career growth, starting as a student, what opportunities it has opened for you?
2: Oh, Oh, I can go on that one. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I am a big advocate for networking. You never know who might be in the room, what opportunities they may have, I have a specific example that comes to mind. Um, So I did not go to GBSU for undergrad. I went to CMU, fire up chips. Um, (laughs) It's still (laughs) Laker up though, it's still Laker up. Um, I went to CMU and this was in my last year of cmu i was actually a part of the study abroad program because i went to south africa so we were having a study abroad festival and i was tabling at one of the events and so i was like you know i'ma just walk around i was taking a break i walked around and i stopped at the fellowships table for cmu and so I was talking to the lady there and I was like, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to GVSU um, coming up this fall for the Masters of Public Health program. And I've been trying to figure out a graduate assistantship. I got this because I, I also segue received a lot of scholarships. I have no student debt. And so um, I was talking about that as well. And she was like, well, um, I know this lady that works at GVSU. She is the um she works for the office of fellowships and i was like yeah i just applied for that position she was like you know what i'm gonna text her right now and she did she texted her and i got the interview and i got the (laughs) graduate assistantship for the office of fellowships so that's just one of the many networking opportunities that have happened in my life do not be afraid to put yourself out there i know sometimes we like to dim our light and we don't want to talk about ourselves you better talk about yourself If somebody asks, yes, I did this, I did this, I've been here, I've been here, because they'll be like, oh, yeah. Like, if I wouldn't have said I was going to GVSU and I already applied for this position, she would have never made that connection and texted her friend on the phone and I wouldn't have got the interview. So do not be afraid to just put yourself out there. When when they have, you know, like the tabling events or the networking events, just go around. And if you see something that sparks your eye, go up to that person and talk to them and let them know about yourself. You you we're often told, you know, don't don't be boastful, don't don't be this, don't. But it's not even being boastful. It's being confident and putting yourself out there. You are your own resume. You're your resume. You know what you've done, so tell somebody that. And in college, this is the time to really amplify what you've done and talk about yourself. So I would just say go to events like this. Go to events around campus and just put yourself out there and do not be afraid really hone in on your communication skills that's what it's all about just being able to communicate and let people know hey i've done this i'm in this right now and i want to go here and you never know someone might be able to text a friend and say hey i got this student they're really good and someone will vouch for you make sure that you do have your mentors you connect with your professors so you can have people that can also vouch for you and say yes they're a good student they're about their business they do a good job in class they're a good communicator they're a good this so when you go to talk to that person they can talk to somebody else that can vouch for you so make sure you always have somebody that can vouch for you so connect with your mentors connect with you know abby or whoever latch on to whoever you feel you connect with and have those people so that when it's time to put yourself out there you're like yeah i got this reference i got this reference and you Mm -hmm. can put them down and you know they're gonna vouch for you so that's what it's all about being able to communicate and being able to listen and when the opportunity approach uh, presents itself jump on it
4: So I'm a weird guy. I don't like being in rooms. Um, If I go somewhere, I basically want to tell somebody something that I'm passionate about and say, do you get it? Okay, goodbye. And I want to leave. Um, And so networking was a skill that I had to learn. And I'm like, well, what is it? Like, what's the point? And it was uh, for me, it was, well, you want to go learn about other people and hear what they're doing. Um, And I went, "Okay, Uh, I guess whatever so I started doing it Uh, really weird at first still weird Um, but now like for example going to Illinois and finding myself in a new town Mm -hmm. being from Michigan Mm -hmm. that's what I did for the first six months you know go to the court system talk to people in probation go to the chamber talk to people in the chamber go to the university talk to people in the university go to nonprofits talk to people in nonprofits and a lot of it was listening What are you doing? What has been happening here? What's important? What value do you see in the work that I'm doing? What has my organization done in the past? What have you liked? What have you not liked? And I have a really strong network now in my community over the past three years, and so those skills are really important. Um, uh, They help locally get a job. Like when I was here, it helped me get a job with the city of Grand Haven. And then later it helped me get a job with the Department of Defense. And that really was through networking. Um, but when I wanted to go national, networking didn't help so much getting a job. That was really applying resumes, interviewing well, references. So that was confusing because I'm a kind of like a literal person. And I was like, I thought networking was going to give me a job. Um, and I was like, well, I think this through a little bit, buddy. So um, really important skills, but also don't discount the value of applying for national jobs or global jobs and knowing that you, you just have to write a good resume and interview well. And, those kinds of things, but networking, yes, yeah, important.
3: Um, so for me, I would say a lot of my networking, I have not realized was networking until looking back in hindsight. So it's definitely showing up to spaces, meeting people, being personable again in communication, but it wasn't a lot of times. I didn't make that connection with a clear ask in mind, right? It's about relationship building. I think maybe relationship building is a way that I would look at it versus this is exactly what I'm doing. Um, Because most of the opportunities that I've had came about because of someone I had met before um, and uh, built a relationship with. And then I was able to call upon them. Right, And so it was never. I'm gonna meet this person and then ask right away for something like that. That never works for me. I don't know of a lot of people who can just kind of meet someone and be like, "Can I get a job now?" Um, I mean, that's that's sort of how I I got the job I'm in actually. Um, I took a lo- several classes in law school with a particular professor um, and. Uh, an internship came up at the uh, place where I now work, and um, they never kicked me out. So
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> here we are. Um, and then um, there was something else I was going to say, but I've forgotten it now, so it's not a big deal. Go ahead, Julian. But I, do, I,
1: wanna, <laughs> I think you, you both, all three of you, make a really good point. The relationship aspect, though, is one point that I really want to emphasize, mm-hmm. because It's not only about showing up to spaces. It's not only about grabbing business cards. It's not only about sending a follow up email, but it's about maintaining that relationship. Mm -hmm. It's about, you know, sending a a note or a letter in the mail just saying, hey, just checking in, hope all is well. Um, You know, because that's how the relationship becomes a long lasting relationship, becomes a partnership it becomes a friendship potentially. And I mean, you know, I've I've been able, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of great people between attorneys. I see one here in the back, uh, you know, between judges, you know, it's so many opportunities when you go into spaces and you're just not curious about what I can get from meeting this person, but more so what I can just contribute to the relationship? What can I be able to offer up to this person if they say, hey, well, you want to know me, but what can you do for me? You know, like it's, a, it's, not a, it's not a take and a take relationship. It's a give and a take. It's a relationship that you're building and that you're hopeful that will last for a long time. Um, so with that, you know, I don't know if we have any other uh, final questions, but if not, I will have one more uh, for the panel. So my last question is, what advice would you share to our CLA fellows on ways they can take heed to the mission and the vision of the founders of the CLA, and continue to embody and display ethical and effective leadership in our society today? Let you think on it
2: for a second.
4: Justin, you seem ready. To start with sure. You. Um, there's a I complain about it a little bit to my fiance sometimes. But there's a a vision that I got being in the Grand Rapids area that we love West Michigan, we love each other, and we're going to try and work together. And being in different parts of the country, that's not there. And it becomes more difficult to get things done because you have to start from places of it's it's not that we love each other and we should be working together. You start from a lot of different places. and that's really difficult. So I'd say, uh, I just wanna encourage you to r- really take the, the messaging and the vision that you have from the CLA, but also from GVSU in the Grand Rapids area and just realize how special it is because it is, I haven't seen another place like this across the country. Um, and the values that I gained here, I share with other people and a lot of times they're like, oh, that's an interesting way of doing things that might work a little bit better. <laughs> And I go, yeah. So um, just uh, pay attention to where you're at and really enjoy it. Um, and then try and live those things in your life moving forward because they're really important and they're going to make a difference in the lives of other people.
3: Um, can I take us on a little bit of a side quest? Do your thing. OK. Yeah, not too much. So I <laughs> 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 I did say I'm not great at following directions. Um, so. I just wanted to, so when I was asked to be on the panel, I remembered when I came to the alumni panel um, many, some years ago, and I remembered there was, I don't even remember the individual now, which makes me feel terrible, but it was a, a young woman. And I was 24, 25, kind of feeling like I was like hitting that, like mid 20s, like what is going on here? Like, cause I don't think it's going well. And <laughs> she talked about how she had done about seven different things in her 20s, and she was like, you know, she was executive director assistant, like or not assistant, but like, you know, she she was impressive. She had her life together. She looked good. Everything was great for. Her. And I just wanted to be her really bad, right? And she talked about how she did like five different things that she was sure she was going to do when she was 22. And none of them were the things that she ended up doing and that she felt was actually her life's mission. And lo and behold, I've done numerous different little side quests and throughout most of my twenties really wasn't quite sure where it was going. And I am in a job that I love that is purposeful, that is meaningful, that has a positive impact on a community, and that I would not be able to do as effectively and impactfully if I had not done all of those other things. And I just wanted to share that because I think sometimes when we're looking down the barrel of senior year, it feels like we need to have all of the answers. And we really don't. Because the cool thing is you're you're about to graduate from undergrad. You know, a lot of people in this room are like 22, 23, 21. You have so much life. That's so cool. Every year I realize how young I am and I'm older than a lot of you now. Like I just think that's so neat and I just want you guys to know that you don't have to have all the answers. And there is time and space for you to mess up and it's going to be awesome. So I just, that was so meaningful to me when I was watching this panel. I just really, so side quest. So going back to, uh, sorry, (laughs) I talk with my whole body. Um, So in terms of, can you refresh my memory, Julian?
1: Yeah, sure. (laughs) So what advice can you provide to them that they can take heed as it as it pertains to the mission and vision of our founders here at the CLA.
3: Okay, I did have an answer for that one, too. Um, So I would I would think I would say. Think about how your actions impact your community and how do you define your community? Um, And if your actions are making your community a better place for everyone in that community. That's probably a good one to go with.
2: Hmm. Allison sparked a different thought for me as well. <laughs> uh, no, it's good. Going off it's on the good. side quest with Because um, I do find that um, with social media and a lot of us grew up with social media or like the Internet evolving. I know like we like grew up with the Internet as like as it evolved. And I think now you see people that are in like their mid early twenties and they're millionaires, they're rich, mm-hmm. they got this, they got that. And you're like, man, I'm late, I'm, I'm behind. Like I, I need to be doing what they're doing. But to Allison's point, your life is your life. You cannot be behind on your own journey. Do not put up a mirror to someone else's life because honestly, you don't know what's going on in their life. <laughs> you mm-hmm. only know what they're putting on the internet. I want you to know that you are not behind. Mm-hmm. You are not late. You you cannot be late on your own journey. It, that, that, that makes no sense. You will get to exactly where you need to in the time that you were meant to be there. And I really believe in divine timing. And, you know, we've been talking about faith. I am a Christian and I believe in God's sovereignty over everything. So I believe that everything is going to work out in the time it was meant to happen for you. And so I just really wanted to emphasize that because I think it's important. I know a lot of. You know, students, even in high school, they're just in a rush for things. Mm-hmm. They, they want things to happen so fast and think things are supposed to just come quickly and enjoy the moment you're in right now. Yeah. Enjoy what's happening right now. I would hate for you to be so focused on the future. Even me, I'm so focused on the future sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't just revel in what I've oh. done. The moment, mm-hmm. like you're a part of the Cook Leadership Academy. You're in college. Like clap for those moments. I know, I know it's so funny to think, like literally clap for it, but honestly Mm -hmm. clap for yourself and revel in what you've done. Mm -hmm. Like I'm cool. I'm important. I've done something. It doesn't matter if this person's done that. They're not you though. That's right. They're not Mm -hmm. you. And the space that is meant for you, no one else can occupy that but you. And so I really want you to recognize that you're important. You are somebody and you have a space that is literally only meant for you. Like no one else can have it. No one else can take it. It doesn't matter how ahead you think they are. That space is only meant for you. And whether you're on TV or only the people in your community know your name, you mean something. And so to go back to like the values of, see, of. GVSU and of the Cook Leadership Academy, recognize that people are watching you. People Mm -hmm. are looking at you. Your destiny is tied to somebody else's destiny. So recognize that you have to make it to that point. You have to make it to that place. So really hold, hold on to your morals and your values and the things that you have learned here and recognize that there's a camera on you. Whether it's a big one and someone's gonna see you on Good Morning America, or whether it's just a small one, someone is watching you. And, and they're looking at the roadmap of your life. And so really think about what you want that roadmap to lead to for somebody. Because ultimately your, your roadmap is gonna be someone else's. We're talking about, we've been talking about mentors and you know networking, but you are gonna be the mentor for somebody whether directly or indirectly. And so stand firm on your values. Stand firm on who you are and be confident in that. And don't let anyone or imposter syndrome help make you lose sight of that ultimate goal for yourself. And just like Allison was saying, you might have an idea of what you want to be. I, I was supposed to be in medical school <laughs> and I am an environmentalist. I work for the EPA. So do, also don't get caught up in this big dream or goal that you have in mind just allow life to take you wherever it is supposed to go because honestly you're going to end up right where you need to be and i just i just felt that on my heart to say
1: i mean and the only thing i can add because all of you have said really good things. Just remember that it's not how you start, but it's how you finish. Mm-hmm. And you know, you may start at this one place and feel like you will never make it through. You will feel like it's not easy. You will feel like you just are bound to this particular area in which you are. But I guarantee you, if you just remember the vision and the dream that you had, and I have to kind of push back a little bit because. There are dreams and visions that you've been blessed to receive. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities that have come to your mind that you know for a fact that if you put in the work, if you decide mm-hmm. to dedicate yourself to the mastery that is needed to get you from point A to point B, you can do it. But the, the, the key to that is to really believe in yourself, believe in the skills and the abilities that you've learned here from the CLA, from GVSU from your family, from your home. Remember your morals because your character matters. Whatever job you go to, whatever space you're in, your character matters, how you carry yourself, how you treat other people, because believe it or not, you may run into that person again. So if you mistreat Mm -hmm. this person today, you may have to see them tomorrow. And that may be the same person that you had to sit in an interview with for a job. So remember how you. Care yourself, remember that your character matters and never lose sight of the dream and the vision that you've been blessed to receive. Because I promise you, if you keep your eye on that, you will make it and you will be able to get through. So I really appreciate sharing the stage with all of you and we'll turn it over to Abby.
0: Listening to an episode of The Rewind, a podcast series by the Howenstein Center for Presidential Studies. The audio for this episode was captured by Mark Washburn of Gyrus Media. This episode was produced and sound engineered by Maddie Miller. The Howenstein Center for Presidential Studies at Grand Valley State University is inspired by Ralph Howenstein's life of leadership and service and is dedicated to raising a community of ethical, effective leaders for the 21st century. For more information on our center, the Peter C. Cook Leadership Academy, or the Common Ground Initiative, visit our website at www.gvsu.edu/hc. To keep up with our current events and recurring initiatives, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, all of which can be found linked below. If you liked this episode, consider giving us a review and rating so we can be found by other podcast listeners. Again, thanks for listening.